This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearly sitting host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. I feel like this is more of the kickoff of the 2023 Section 336 season. I know we did one last year, last week, but that was kind of still recovering from 2022. Mm. And now, now we get to kick off this new chapter of Section 336 as mm. we count down to our... 10-year anniversary? Okay. And 500 so, so, episode? Yeah, yeah. So it, so we started, is this the season 10 edition or something of, of, of Section 336 now? Uh, this, uh, this math's always hard. Yeah. Does 10 years mean this is the start of the 11th season, right? If we, did, if we now have 10 years in the books, I think this is our 11th season coming up. Yeah. I mean, technically, we started the beginning of the season, so April, but... March. We started in March. Okay, March. Yeah, yeah. Right, right before the first week of... Uh, That's what I said. This is the countdown to our 11th season. Yeah. And, but more importantly, the countdown to the 2023 Orioles season, oh, where we wait. win it all. That's really what this is a countdown for us. <laughs> the, the, right. Yeah, 2023 World Series Championship edition. That's that's what I'm calling it. Um Calling it right now. And we have a special treat for the listeners today. <laughs> a special treat? Special Promotional treat. schedule came out today. Is that your treat? More bobbleheads? No, no, right. no, no. All right, then next week. Can we can we break down the promotional schedule next week? Josh, I know you're dying to. I could care less no, for we, sure. We'll, we'll get this anyone to join us, and we can talk promotion schedules. Actually, yeah. And then next week or the week after or something. Yeah, we'll you want to scratch it. the interview with an Orioles player and just do promotions? I don't, um, I, don't, I don't think so. Since we already recorded the interview, and since it's the best player interview we've had in our 10 years, I think we better go with the player interview. Right, which says nothing about our interview skills because we are not professionals here. We suck no. at it. And it says everything about the person we were interviewing, the interviewee here, yeah. who, and, who was fantastic. All right. The guy the guy that we're, we interviewed today is a pitcher. I, I, I like that we're pretending like – 
we're teasing who it is when I'm sure today's show it's title the show is title. the show title is the person. Yeah. So, but I mean, hey, we've had a Hall of Fame pitcher on, and the interview did not go as well as today's interview went. Right. All right. Well, that's enough preamble. Let's get to All it, right. right? All right. To Tyler Wells? Yeah. Here is our interview with Tyler Wells. But first, DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card round action is the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can now bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers as well can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get the free bet back up to $10. The action's so good, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? It's the rematch in Cincinnati this week, so you know I'm going with the Ravens this week. Sure, I'm going to wait a little closer, make sure Lamar's playing and everything, but you know my action is on the Ravens this weekend. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code SECTION336. New customers bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SECTION336. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus, physically present in Maryland, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. See DraftKings.com slash MD for full terms and conditions. Section 336 is excited to be joined by Tyler Wells. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. So, I mean, my first question was going to be, how are you spending your offseason? But we talked a little bit of uh, pre-show and I got a little sneak peek of how you're spending your offseason. But how is your offseason going? So far, so good. Uh, I'm spending it out here in Jacksonville and uh, training with Mike Bauman. Uh, always good to have guys that are, you know, in a similar situation as you and um, that caliber of an athlete that you're always kind of trying to trying to chase and you know along with a lot of the other guys that we have so it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been really good um you know i enjoyed the first half of it but now this last you know i think we're what about a month out from spring training on starting so we're kind of getting down to the wire to where we start dialing everything in and uh kind of getting the diets down getting the body down getting the bullpens and just kind of starting to build up everything so so far i have no problem that's cool you work with bauman how, how much of your off season tyler i'm just curious about this is dictated like just by you coming up with a plan and how much of it is in line with orioles coaching and staff i mean quite a bit of it uh to be honest with you i mean you know as far as as far as like our whole plan goes it obviously revolves around just trying to give a proper build up from you know, when you start throwing all the way up until you're trying to get ready for season. I mean, the the whole point of, you know, this upcoming season is longevity, right? So, you know, you want to make sure that I'm like for me, I want to make sure that I'm able to go deep into games. I'm able to make every single start and I'm able to continue to push through like um, fatigue and making sure that my body is prepared and prepped for that. So a lot of that, we kind of go through the off season where we, um, you know, we really put, try and push our bodies to the next limit, whether that be strength, whether that be something that we're learning about mechanical wise. Um, you know, I know for me that my big, um, emphasis 
this off season has been the efficiency of my delivery and just making sure that I'm creating as much effortless energy as I can. And, um, you know, hopefully I can carry that on into uh, the season to where it just helps with me. Uh, it helps with my longevity. Um, but you know, a lot of that too is with strength and conditioning. Um, you know, we, we have our strength conditioning coaches that we work with in the off season. And, um, you know, we also communicate with people throughout the team, um, with just kind of giving them updates on how everything's going and how we're feeling. So, um, you know, it's really just kind of a big master plan with a lot of different people involved. Yeah. In terms of how do you balance with, well, I was just going to say, how do you balance with resting the arm, turning your mind off of baseball a little bit? And also, like, you're still young in, in baseball, so you want to push yourself to that next level. So how much of your offseason is, like, mentally slowing down so that you're healthy and everything for next year versus really wanting to push yourself to make that jump? You know, it, it's, it's a delicate balance. I am very much a balanced guy. Um, you know, we, we often, you know, we often associate, like, health or – longevity with just how in good a shape you are how good do you look and whatnot and you know for me i think it's a lot of based on how i feel you know if if i'm too light or if i'm too heavy like i know that i can feel that and if you know if i know that um you know during season okay like i've enjoyed a few too many trips to chicago and we're having a lot of deep dish pizza or something like that like you feel those effects after a while and um you know, eventually by the end of the season, like you feel like your body's run down, your mind's run down and you kind of sitting there and you're like trying to figure it out and trying to have that delicate balance. And honestly, for me, each and every year, I kind of go through what I would call the postseason depression. Like you're kind of sitting there and you you're at a high all the time. Like whenever you go out there and you take the field or even if you're just kind of sitting in the dugout, like each and every night is an important night out there. And you got the fans screaming, you got the lights on you, and it's a lot of fun, but it does become hard after season because then all of a sudden it's like you're going back to a normal life, you know, and we are normal people. Like, it's just we're normal people that get to do a very exhilarating thing every single night, and it becomes such a delicate balance of like, okay, how do I – how do I give myself a mental break and um, trying to like kind of work on myself um, while not trying to do anything physical? I'm a very physical person. I like to exert energy. I like to work out. I like to go hike. I like to do a lot of different things. So it becomes it, it really does become hard. And sometimes, you know, it it's all about finding balance and over being a young guy, like you said, in the league, like it's something that I, I always have that chip on my shoulder. I mean, plain and simple, like I am one of those people where I never feel like I'm established. Like I will never feel like I am at the peak of where I think I can be because I'm always chasing, trying to be better each and every year, trying to uh, work on something because if I'm not, constantly or consistently like doing what I want to do on the mound, then that isn't good enough for me, if that makes sense. And some people look at that and think, wow, that honestly sounds miserable. You never feel like you're good enough. But uh, for me, that's kind of what keeps me, keeps that chip on my shoulder. Like, cause deep down, I know that if I turn in a good performance, that's, it's good enough. 
But at the same time, too, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to nitpick on certain things that, okay, like, I know I didn't need to throw that pitch right there. Or like, oh, I struggled to get the fastball to the outside part of the plate. Um, so my next bullpen, all right, like, let's dial that back in. Let's focus on that. So the constant, like, okay, what can I improve on? But what did I do really well? Without trying to destroy your self-confidence and being like, ah, like, I'm just the worst ever. Because we can get that way sometimes, especially if we have a series of bad starts or, um, you know, a couple of bad appearances, bad ABs. Like we as athletes, um, you know, especially at the highest level, um, are the most hypercritical of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of goes back to the whole balance side of things. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. I'm kind of blown away by the answer. I never really thought about that idea of pitching in front of, 20,000 to 30,000 fans that rush that you must have from pitching. And then a week later, you're just sitting at home. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you're at Target walking around and wishing someone would notice you. Yeah. Uh, that, that's wild uh, to me to think about. And I, I also agree. Yeah. There must be something about that hypercriticalness that, um, that great athletes must have to, so they can continue to get better when you, cause you know, everybody else is trying to get better too. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but the off-season, little off-season blues is something Orioles fans experience too sometimes when the Orioles don't do, make the off-season moves that they want them to make. Um, how, how much do you follow, Tyler, what the Orioles are doing in the off-season, the, the signs they're making? Do you follow it at all or do you just kind of ignore it? Um, I wouldn't say I ignore it on purpose. I wouldn't say that like I actively go seek it. Most of the time, if, the way I find out is – um, my dad will probably text me and be like, Oh, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I'll find that out. I might be scrolling through Twitter and I see it or like, I'll get like the MLB notification on it. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't say I actively seek it, but I also say I wouldn't actively like ignore it. Yeah. The, like the losing of the sand, but yeah, you're not, not, you're not like the fans begging for a, a big bat or something to come, come this way. Well, but at the at the same time, like losing Jordan Lyles, like that's your that's your teammate, right? That, Who went that. and signed with another team. Yeah. I what mean, was your relationship with Jordan, and and what are your thoughts on him signing somewhere else? That's dad. Hmm. I mean, you know, he I always called him dad. He I don't think he actually liked it too much, <laughs> but but you know, he he was such a good guy to me. He was a good mentor. I talked his ear off, and poor guy probably has to have hearing aids by the end of the season with me, but. You know, he's he's such a good dude and he was a good guy to learn from. Just like, you know, when he when we would talk about baseball, he kept everything like so simple. Like to me where I'm just like, there's no way that he's been in the league for 11 years keeping it that simple. But it's true. He has. And I think that that is actually kind of a a trend with a lot of guys who have been in the league for a long time is that they've just simplified everything because they know that at the end of the day, like if you overcomplicate things, it causes a lot of mental stress on you, which causes um, physical stress, mental stress, and it just causes more stress in the game. And, you know, you kind of lose your edge that way. So I learned a lot from him. I was really sad to see him go, but I did see that we signed uh, Kyle Gibson and I have a little bit, a very small, small relationship with uh, Gibby. Um, while I was with the Twins organization, I met him a couple times, and uh, he was he was always a great guy to me. And then um, 
whenever we played uh, Philly in 2021, um, I saw him out there and I had a really good conversation with him and uh, talked quite a bit with him. So I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited to play with him. Um, and I think that it'll be a really good thing because I don't like, I mean, along with Lyles, like he was a super good dude, very nonchalant about everything. And Gibby is about as good of a guy as, uh, as I've ever met in the league. Yeah, that's cool. You mentioned the twins. I want to, you mentioned also you're working on longevity this off season. I mean, kind of an interesting story with you, right? Like you started as a starter with the twins then you had Tommy John surgery. Then you got picked up by the Orioles in the Rule 5 draft. Then they moved you to a bullpen position. Um, and now last year, it seemed that you were back in the starter role, building up the innings. I would imagine, I, I don't know this, but I would imagine that being on a, a pitched limit, and from a fan perspective, it always seemed like they were trying to hold you to you know four, four innings or something, but you would always find a way to get into the fifth or sixth inning uh, pitching with a, just a testament to to you how frustrating is it to not be able to go past right that whatever it was that day that 70 or 80 pitch li- limit that the orders were holding uh were holding you to um and how much are you trying to get you know to that 100 pitch to to get into the sixth and seventh and seventh inning this next season uh, i wouldn't say that it was frustrating because it was all it was all part of the plan okay. uh, you know and, and, and that isn't to say every single time it was that way because there were just some days that I wasn't very good. I mean, you know, we all have those days and, uh, you know, Hyder decided to pull me early and, you know, and that's fine. I respect his decision. And, um, you know, me and him have had a lot of great conversations uh, about like, you know, kind of what they were thinking with me. Um, I talked a lot with the pitching staff uh, in uh, with our coaching staff and, yeah, I talked with our training staff. I mean, everyone in there communicated. Everyone in there did a great job of communicating and talking with each other to make sure that we were all on the same page with uh, how the year went. So um, I wouldn't say it was frustrating at all because I think that we were all just kind of on the same page and we knew what, what to expect and what to uh, what to look for as the season kind of went on. So um, no, no hard like no hard feelings on any of that, uh, you know, but as far as like the longevity side of things, yeah. Like um, my goal this year is to, you know, throw a lot more innings and to be able to go deeper into games consistently. And um, the, you know, the name of the game for me is consistency. That's, I mean, that's, I want to be a consistent starter. I don't like, you know, whether that be a consistently great starter, whether that be consistently okay, like I'm not going to strive for okay. I'm always going to strive for that great consistency. But, you know, there are some times where if I can go out there and I can, you know, throw six quality innings and put up a quality start, that is what I'm going to do. And that's my goal every single time. So, um, you know, as far as the longevity standpoint, that's kind of where I'm aiming at this year. And, you know, I'm really hoping to uh, continue to maintain that mindset as the year goes on. It seems you're you're really set um, with being a starter. You had a lot of success right in 2021 from the bullpen, even saved a few games. Um, has there been any discussion or thought on your part about a possible role in the bullpen? Or are you pretty set that you want to start? Um. I mean, I just like to pitch. <laughs> Fair enough. I wouldn't say that there's been really much of a discussion within myself about it at all because, um, you know, I think that one way or another, 
the competitive side in me takes over. Whether I'm starting, whether I'm relieving, it, it doesn't really matter to me. But, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the routine of being a starter. Like, I, that was such a great feeling um, to be able to know, okay, like, I got my job done. And I will 1,000% say that being a starter in the big leagues is hands down the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. To be able to do that consistently year in, year out, uh, maintain health, maintain um, your ability to compete even without your best stuff. Um, people like Max Scherzer, Verlander, when you do it, it gives you a whole new sense of respect yeah. because it is legitimately the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. And that's, I also think that's the best part, right? Because you start to realize just how like so much improvement needs to be done. You realize that there are guys that have done this for 20 years, have been a quality starter in the big leagues, consistently put up numbers, huge strikeout numbers, huge win numbers, huge games. It does not matter. And these guys do it year in and year out. And so that's kind of where I hang my hat on I am not there yet. I have a long, long way to go. But at the same time, too, I embrace that journey. I want to be that. And I will be that. I just like I just have to continue to work my way and take my steps and not try and rush that process. Because as soon as I try and rush that process, it becomes exponentially harder. Mm. So, you know, and, and this is why like I tend to try and pick the brain of a lot of these older guys and kind of see where their mindset's at. Like, I'm sure I'm going to talk to Gibby quite a bit. I talk to Means a lot. I talk to Lyles a lot. Um, you know, I got a chance uh, this off season to uh, sit down uh, for about 15, 20 minutes with uh, Adam Wainwright and kind of talk to him a little bit about it. It's super simple. Every answer you get is a simple answer. It's like, well, this is a big year coming up for me. Well, no, it's not. It's not a big year. It, you, why are you focusing on the year? Why aren't you focusing on the next pitch? Why aren't you focusing on the next inning, the next three batters? They keep everything so small. Instead of looking at like this such wide, broad picture, it's like here. And it's funny because I was listening to a, um, I was listening to a podcast with Jocko Willing, the Navy SEAL, and uh, another podcast I like to listen to is Andrew Huberman. Um, and so they did a podcast together and I was listening to it and he was talking about how, uh, whenever Jocko Willink would go to war where he was learning, um, war tactics and kind of just learning to command the seals while they were, uh, in their, uh, training, he would sit there and he would go, I would just stop looking down my gun and I would just take such a broad perspective of things. I would scan everything and I would see everything, but you have no one in here making like taking charge of this particular instance, right? And I kind of look at it as like, I kind of related that to baseball because it's like, if I'm sitting there and I am so open-minded on the entire year, not focusing on my next start, but focusing on the entire year, my, my view is broadened, but it's too much like noise. It's too much to think about. But if I have that very closed mindset on the next start, 
and I focus so much on the next start, but while I'm on the mound, I keep that broad view of what is going on around me, like where's the open bases, where do I have to cover if this guy gets on? Okay, I struck this guy out on this pitch last time. Oh, I got a weak ground ball on this pitch last time. All of a sudden, I'm seeing a lot more in the present rather than trying to see so much more in the future, if that makes sense. And so a lot of that is kind of, you know, trying to pick the brains of a lot of guys and especially a lot of older guys. And um, I think that that was like one of the biggest lessons I ever had. Yeah, Tyler, I love that. I love your whole perspective of being a, a student of the game and, and learning from others who've gone, who've gone before you and who've done it uh, for a while because, I mean, I'm just talking – I mean, you are a major league professional pitcher, Tyler. Like, in my eyes, like, you did it. Like, <laughs> you you have achieved it. You've achieved the dream that guys like me who do podcasts about the Orioles dream about. Like, you're pitching for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, but for you, um, you, you this is not – you have not reached the end yet. And and just I love the way that you don't act like you've reached the end, like you're still soaking in the information and let it make you a better pitcher. It's just – very cool to hear that perspective. Now, now, one thing that those older guys didn't have that you have access to is all this analytics and video data and stuff that is just flooded right now into baseball and all sports. How do you let that not – how do you use that but not suddenly get sucked into that hyper-focus of being on the mound and knowing what exact pitch this guy likes and what release point you saw on the video in the previous inning? How do you not let that – how do you let it help you and not – overthink it um you know i actually talked to one of the guys about that um you know just kind of how he uses analytics not not how it makes him better not how it's like like i asked him does it make you better the answer was yes i was like okay well how do you apply it without causing so much noise in your head and he goes the problem with analytics lies within the player because so many players nowadays are dictating whether or not it was a good pitch based on the quality of the movement. So it's like if you're throwing a fastball or, you know, I, I will use a, we'll use like, let's say Dylan Tate's sinker, right? His, I think his sinker, I think they said it averaged like 17 inches of horizontal movement on a sinker. So most guys, and this isn't Tate, like Tate doesn't ever do this. I don't even, like he is, he has his own focus and he does a very good job at it. But in general, if you have a guy who averages 17 inches of horizontal movement on a sinker or something like that, to say that, oh, I only threw it, I threw a two seam fastball that was dotted on the outside corner that only ran 13 inches. All of a sudden, that's a bad pitch in their head because it didn't move as much as what their average was or what their best ever was. So, this week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. 
I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. So, you know, he was telling me, he goes, the, you, you can't let, like, those numbers dictate the quality of the movement. Or you can't let them dictate the quality of the pitch. Because if you're dotting an outside part of the plate or down and away, it, it doesn't need to be outstanding. It doesn't need to be this ridiculous movement at this very, like, particular spot. If you're able to hit it, then you're able to hit it. And that's what makes you a good pitcher. Being able to use the analytics sometimes is actually very beneficial in like timing and stuff like that. Um, you know, I know a lot of teams use uh, it's like a mocap thing. We call it mocap. It's motion capture, three uh, D biometric scanning of like your body, and it basically creates a skeleton on a on a uh, computer screen and shows you like, okay, what is your timing like, and it shows you very particular quantitative numbers and um, basically like, it just kind of shows you like, okay, you're rotating your pelvis early or, and these, a lot of these things you can actually see, you can feel as, as the pitcher. So being able to kind of like, okay, well, I don't know where this came from. Like, I'm just kind of, kind of go back to the basics of like, okay, what am I doing, um, to help fix what was causing that like uh from i'll use myself as an example uh this year whenever um right before i strained my oblique i think what caused my oblique this is just complete hypothesis so is that i was rotating off early with my front side so whenever i rotate off early with my front side it puts a lot of force on my like front half here and it causes my arm to just kind of drag along well i kind of went to um kind of went back to my throwing guy, Dave Coggin out in Southern California, uh, talked to him, got a few drills that we had been working on. Uh, my trainer here in Jacksonville, Tom Gormley with torque performance. Like we, we sat there and we all kind of like, I talked to Dave separately while I was out uh, at Thanksgiving. I was like, Hey, like, what do you got for me? Like, is everything like, do we have everything? Like, do you see what I was doing wrong? And so, you know, we'd sit there and talk about it. And he's like, all right, do this, see if this helps. And so one of the things that he had me do is just a simple drill to help me quit over-rotating. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, like, this feels good. Everything's starting to come out well. And then I kind of carry that on into starting to throw bullpens here with Tom. And we start talking about how, like, how well I'm like my front knee is bracing or how well my ro my hips are rotating. We had quantitative data on that. Um, and it actually showed a massive improvement compared to what I was last year. 
And so now I can sit there and look at it and be like, okay, I'm headed in the right direction here. So now I'm just going to take my slow steps into carrying that into season. So it's all about just trying to make sure that you're not overthinking it to where it's like, if I get this number, then I'm going to be the greatest ever. Or it's going to be the worst pitch ever or the best pitch ever. It doesn't really matter. It's just as long as you find yourself consistent, then that's all that matters. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's well said. And it's interesting, the body movement stuff, because I often think at analytics, I, I go right to like ball movement and spin rate. Uh, but you're right. There's all that other stuff where you can look at your body movement. And that's that's cool. That's a really cool specific example of how that can be used to help you. Uh, Tyler, what's it like pitching uh, pitching to Adley Rutschman? Adley is he's a big body. I mean, he's <laughs> he, he's a he's a very big kid. Uh, so from a physical standpoint, like he receives the ball well. You got a lot of confidence behind the plate with him. Um, you know, he's he's said he's a really good communicator. And like I've said it before, I think on other podcasts, but you know, with his whole thing of coming up to you, uh, up to the line, like just kind of waiting for yeah, you. Do you after, like that? I personally do. Okay. I do because whether I had a bad inning or a bad game or I had a great inning, a perfect inning, it doesn't matter he's consistent with it and that shows support and that shows that it isn't just him making it up and like just doing it when he wants to, like he is consistent with it. And it, it does help. I think with the relationship of uh, pitcher to catcher, some pitchers may not like it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that really kind of depends upon the individual because if you got a guy that's super, super intense and doesn't want to talk to anyone and whatnot, then maybe they don't, right. but and um, you know, or maybe I, how bad that inning was. Yeah, and I don't you know. Yourself. Yeah, it, it's easy for us to get. It's easier for us to be upset, but at the same time, too, if you have a bad inning, the only person you can really blame is yourself. Um, I just want to see a, a bad, a, a, a mad Max Scherzer try to walk off the mound with Adley waiting for him at the, at the line and just like see what happens. But no, that's and I even watch. I watch Adley play. You know, through the minors, I watched him play at all levels of the minor leagues. Um, and he would do that. It doesn't matter who was pitching. Every single pitcher, mm -hmm. every single time. So you're right. That consistency is pretty is pretty cool. Could you feel like there? there's – I mean, there was correlation to the Orioles starting to turn their season around last year with the arrival of Adley Rutschman. Behind the plate, he's good to throw to. He's good at the, the pitch framing. He throws runners out. He's good at all that. He's a big body. Um, what about the is is was there a change in the locker room and in the, in the feel in the clubhouse when he arrived? I think that there was a lot of anticipation uh, for sure. I mean, you know, I know with him with his prospect status, I know that a lot of guys talked about it. I know that a lot of guys were uh, looking forward to it and kind of seeing what he could bring to the table. But <clears throat> I would say that the biggest change for him was just how humble he is mm. he for a guy who has had such success at the collegiate level at the pro level and now at the big league level he is an incredibly humble kid he's always super nice and um you know i think too like when you have someone like robinson trinos who's kind of guiding him along this ride um i think that that just kind of gave him a lot more of like that wisdom that um, 
that he probably wanted. I wouldn't say that he needed it, but I would say that he wanted it. And um, Robinson Torinos was such a good, um, he was such a good role model for really anyone. Not just, not just a youth catcher, but he was a great role model for me. Whether that be, you know, on the field or off the field stuff, he he always cared about baseball being the best teammate that you could possibly be. He anytime you had a question, he would always take time to answer the question. And um, but if you were messing up, he would let you know. Hmm. And he would do it in the most respectful way possible. But if he had to chew you out, he'd chew you out. And that is such a good thing to have in the clubhouse because now all of a sudden, like these young guys who are coming up, uh, like myself, like you start to kind of look at that and you're like, I understand why you're doing it. Yeah. I get it. You are sharing your wisdom and um, you are nurturing us as athletes. Uh, for a guy who's played, you know, 10 years in the big leagues, like uh, it was kind of the same way with like Lyles with me. Um, or whenever I came up initially, like the person that I, I went to the most surprisingly was uh, Tanner Scott and John Means. Like two guys that hadn't even made it to arbitration yet, but like they, but they would just, they were those kinds of guys that would nurture you and they would talk to you and they would kind of be like, do not do this. Make sure you do that. It's like, got it. Cool. Like got everything set up. And it, it makes, it makes your life a little bit easier whenever you know that you have people that are going to hold you accountable because now all of a sudden if you mess up, Hey, you messed up, buddy. Now you got to pay the consequences. All right. I understand because you told me not to do it. <laughs> and that's or, a, like, I, yeah, go ahead. I, as well as fans, all we see in Chirinos is we just look at the batting average and we think, oh, you know, why is this? We don't see all the other right. things he brings to a team. Um, have you had any conversations right. in the past or currently with James McCann? I have not, no. Um, I will say this with Chirinos though yeah people look at that batting average people look at Ruggie's batting average mm -hmm. people love to compare that quantitative data to what they mean to a team mm -hmm. and I think that for people like a Chirinos or a Ruggie people were so hard on them but they're professionals they've been in the league for a long time and they understand that, that people are just going to be who they are but those guys, regardless of the batting average, whatever war it was, whatever stupid statistic <laughs> you put on, those guys were the entire backbone of our team last year. And I think as Matt and I have talked about it throughout last season, you could see that with Odor, how the bench would get excited and stuff for him, that he brought that energy there even without the numbers. What's it like being part of that clubhouse when you all know you're outperforming what all the experts said you guys were going to do? Is there is it's that fun. extra excitement and just fun? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's it's such a blast to be able to tell people, hey, buddy, you were wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have ever told anyone that they're wrong, but it's a good feeling sometimes. Uh, you know, and yeah, Rookie would force us to be like, like if we were not loud or like if we weren't in the dugout at a specific time when something happened, 
he'd come smack you if he wanted to. Never did. I'm surprised because I was waiting for him one day. <laughs> waiting for him to come up behind me and whack me in the head. But, like, but you love that. Like, you see that and you're like, okay, like, I, yeah, you're right. Like, I shouldn't have been, like, leaving the dugout in such a big moment to go use the bathroom. Like, I shouldn't have done that. I could have held it for 30 more seconds or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he is. But, like, that kind of thing where you have guys who get excited about the game and love the team being a team, like, that's what that's what makes the biggest difference. And I think that, you know, those kinds of guys are, ex- like, extremely important, important to a team. And that's why I say, like, they were the backbone. Even though their statistics didn't show that, they were the backbone to everything outside of the actual game. They are the ones that help show us, like, that, like deeper camaraderie outside of the game of baseball. Yeah. And, and I'm I would, sure that leaves a long-term impression that then you want to be that guy. Well, well you for the future. Yeah. The question then becomes, because I'm sure that's so important because especially you had guys like Gunnar Henderson, um, Adley Rutschman, Kyle Stowers, right. You had this emergence of young players who were coming up all seeing that. It also begs the question now who kind of fills those roles with them no longer in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think that you'll have guys who naturally are just going to step up. Um, and, you know, it's like, but I haven't met some of the new guys. Some of the new guys may be, yeah. like, great at that. Like, like I know Kyle Gibson, full confidence, like, he's going to be that guy for the pitchers. I do. Like, I, he's such a good guy. Um, he's such a quality, like, pitcher over the course of a long period of time that like he has wisdom like he has like this unique wisdom with being able to communicate with guys while doing it like he like soft but firm like lessons for everyone so i think that like you're going to slowly find those guys like um as the year kind of goes on uh, but I definitely think that at least, you know, with Gibby, with the brief amount of, you know, time that I've known him, I definitely think that he's going to make an impact on us pitchers, especially us, us uh, young guys. Yeah. According to baseball reference, Tyler, you're a six foot eight, two fifty five. Is that pretty accurate? Uh, yeah, I give a fluctuation of about like. 10 pounds. I usually fluctuate between like that 1055 to 265 range. Tyler, that's a, that's like a football body right there. Have you, did, did you play other sports or you exclusively baseball? No, I mean, I played a little bit of basketball growing up. I stopped playing that in eighth grade and I just kind of solely focused on baseball, but I quit playing basketball before I got tall. Uh, I didn't get tall until my sophomore going into my junior year of high school I went from 5'8 my freshman year, 5'10 my sophomore year, to 6'4 my junior year, Whoa. to 6'7. Whoa, <laughs> that was a huge jump over two years. Wow. Um, yeah. Speaking of huge jumps, Baseball Reference also has, I just got to ask you about this, Felix Bautista at 6'5, 190. Um, I don't think he's 6'5, 190. How is. No, nah, they may have measured just his leg. <laughs> How do you compare to Felix Bautista? Who's bigger? I, 
I would say that me and him are right there at height wise. He may have me by like a little bit, but that guy has built in shoulder pads on his for <laughs> like he is he is the one of the widest human beings I've ever met in my life. Like he is just like got super wide shoulders. I'm like, dude, it's no wonder you throw a hundred. Like those things like he's he's a big boy. He's one of the only guys that, like, I sit there and, like, I mess with him all the time um, because, like, me and him are both big. And so he sits there and he tries to play fight with me all the time. And just, like, be like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm the same size. I'm just not as wide. Like, he's he's a – but talk about a good dude. He's he's a great guy. But, yeah, he's he's a big boy. But definitely 6'5", 190 is, like, measuring one leg for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on? I mean, he, he got his own intro lights. He's got the the wire whistle. Is that from a from a player perspective? Is that cool? Are you a little annoyed that you didn't get that when when you close some games? What are your thoughts on 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 the whistle and the lights for Felix? You know, it's kind of funny because I don't I don't really have much of an opinion on it. I think it's great for him. I think it's super super cool. Um, and I thought that it was a cool thing for really anybody, but it was like, I I think if I had one gripe, just one, it was that I wish that while Jorge Lopez was with us, that he got something like that other than like kind of the flames. Cause I was kind of, I was just laughing about it. Cause I was like, right, why doesn't Batista get the flames? Batista throws a hundred pretty much every bit. But, um, but I thought it was super, super cool whenever it did happen. I mean, and especially after the season that he had, like it was, it was really cool. And you know, the, the uh, people who do like the music and everything for it with the lights and stuff like that, kudos to them, because I think it made such a statement too, because when you see that big body run into the mound and then all of a sudden it's like still kind of dark and flashing and he gets up on the mound, all of a sudden you see this mammoth <laughs> human being up there. Like it's, it's pretty wild, and it's kind of intimidating. Yeah, I'm at home, sitting at home, getting a little nervous about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was pressure it was, for that batter before he even steps in. Well, whenever you throw, when you're six foot eight, you know, I think he weighed around. He, I think he was a little more than me. I don't really know. I don't know what he what he actually is. He might be the same weight as I am, but uh, he's like, but he's just such a big guy, thick legs, like big, broad shoulders, and you got him throwing a hundred to a hundred and two with a devastating splitter. Like I'd be scared. I'd just walk away. Yeah. Granted, pitcher, but I'd walk away. I wouldn't even try. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Does uh, does <laughs> different topic? But how do you, as a pitcher, feel about now them changing the shift rules and stuff in this upcoming season? Does that bother you at all that you can't defensively lay out to help you out? Um, you know, it, it's funny because I think you'll get a different answer from each and every pitcher, but I think that the general consensus for most pitchers will probably be, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a great thing because it's like whenever they're in the shift, of course they hit it to where they're not in right. the shift. Which has so, to frustrate you. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it frustrates everyone, but, um, it like, oh, like second baseman just would have been second base, like wouldn't have been a problem. But then it's, you know, you're probably going to have a lot of instances this year, too, where it's like, oh, they hit it where they would have been in the shift, and you're just like, well, this sucks. 
like wish I had the shift back. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of a, kind of a weird scenario with it, but, um, you know, especially for someone like a, like a Rugi this last year where he was, I think he was shifted like 93% of the time. He was the most in major league baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm sure that it's going to be great for the hitters and like being able to allow them to kind of ease their way like back into just that good old, like, Oh, I'm going to get a base hit. Like I can't tell you if, how many, like if they did the rookie shift on G man Troy for me this year, I probably would have got him out. I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the case. Like you just have guys that are like that, that like hit it, tend to hit it in the same spot. But then you also have a lot of hitters that like, I think rookie this year, like would sit there and bun against the shift or he would just swing it. And then we go down the third base line. And you're just like, what's the point of having the shift? So I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't think it's like the best thing in the world. I don't think it's going to be a fix, but it might level the playing field a little bit. All right. Well, let's let's get you out on this question. You met you mentioned Jim and Choi that made me think of this. Um, are there is who is is there one guy that you don't like pitching against and. And who might that guy be? Or is there a couple guys that you really like? Oh, They're no. good. He's a, Aaron, yeah, that, that's like a good a, answer. It, it isn't like Aaron Judge to me. Isn't It isn't that like I'm afraid he's going to just hit a home run or anything like that. It is because – so I'll, I'll label a few. Aaron Judge, Boba Shett, and mm, that might be it, to be honest with you. And the primary reasons for me personally is Aaron Judge is so big that he covers everything. He can cover up, he can cover down, he can cover in, he can cover out. Like, it is a really difficult thing to get him to where he isn't able to barrel a baseball. So, you know, he he is difficult, but I like it because it forces me to be creative as a pitcher. But sometimes you try and do too much, and then you give up two home runs in in a game to them, and that probably combined for close to a thousand feet. And you're just like, all right, well, back to the drawing board type thing. Now, Bo Bichette, um, he's another like really good hitter to where it's like he covers a lot of ground, and his bat to ball skills are incredible. Now, I know I named those two because those are the two guys that I've faced quite a bit and are very difficult to like either get a strikeout or even sometimes a weak contact. Now, another guy who's also very much like Bo Bichette, but I love him to death because I played with him through the Twins organization is Luis Arias. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most incredible bat-to-ball hitters I've ever seen in my life. And... He is like me and him sit there and we joke about it all the time because I told him one day uh, before I saw, I think it was the day before I started, I was like, I'm going to strike you out tomorrow. Watch. I was like, I'm going to get you out. He goes, no, Poppy. Like, he just messes with me. He goes, you think so? But I was like, no, watch me. And like, so I, I got him on the first, on the first at bat with like a backdoor slider cutter thing. And, um, you know, we sat there and we joked around with it. So you struck him out. He ended up getting like a base hit off okay. me later. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, he got me back. But 
Yeah, I mean, those those kinds of guys are really, really difficult. But, I mean, you know, kudos to them because it forces you to be a better pitcher and it forces you to kind of decide, like, am I going to try and strike this guy out in a big spot or if I'm, am I going to just try and do some weak contact? Like, it, it forces you to think a little bit more than others. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Tyler, we appreciate you spending all this time. It's, I mean, it's just such a joy to talk to you. I, I love your perspective. Obviously, as an Earl fan, I'm like, I root for you. But now, after this interview, like on a personal level, I root for you just because you seem to have your head on straight, and I just love your perspective of the game. So thank you for spending a few minutes and talking with us. We really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't for Josh, I mean, I like I said, I, I didn't see it, but um, you know, I was glad to, glad to be able to come on here and talk to you guys and uh, really appreciate you guys having me, and uh, hopefully uh, as the season goes on, you guys get a few more guys on here. And, uh, hopefully we just kind of give, you know, Birdland something to really be excited for this year. Absolutely. Well, best of luck, Tyler. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. 
This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.